Welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today we are talking about Black Widow, which is a very long-delayed Marvel movie, mainly due to the pandemic. Give some backstory, the Black Widow character, Natasha Romanoff, directed by Kate Shortland, who has really done some small independent movies and TV shows, and it really shows in this movie. The writers are Eric Pearson, Jack Schaefer, stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, who is probably the best part about this movie, and David Harbour, and Olga Kurilenko. The synopsis is a film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the Civil War films and Affinity War. The movie basically starts off with flashback to a family living in Ohio, New Jersey, whatever. David Harbour is the father. He comes home. And he's just like, hey, we need to leave now. It's basically a younger version of Natasha and a, her sister, uh, Elena. Don't really understand what's going on, but there's a chase scene. It's kind of found out that David Harbour's character, more like the Americans TV show, that they're actually Russians playing a part of a family. And David Harbour has some information that he needs to deliver to his handler, who is Ray Winstone, who is Drakov. Jumps to General Ross looking for Natasha and then they're chasing and then it jumps to Florence Pugh's character who is Yelena and she's hunting down a target and then the target says something to her that becomes a little weird but weird introduction of the Taskmaster as well just watching film of the Avengers goes back to Natasha and there's like this chemical agent that she needs to figure out that's uh causing some of these problems keith how do you feel about black widow it has its problems i will admit that yes it does it has right. a lot of problems and i think a lot of it comes from the director first i'll start with the story it was, it was good enough filled in a little gap but at the same time it's not a story that contributed to the whole of the mcu they could have chopped it up into six episodes and put it on disney plus mm-hmm didn't add anything to it. It didn't kind of like set the stage or tone for what was going to happen with phase four, except for the after credit scene. And even then I'm kind of like, uh, okay, should have been on Disney plus chopped up into a TV series and it would have been fine. I'm going to start by saying the most obvious flaw for me was the damn quick cut shaky cam fight sequences. Mm -hmm. You've heard me talk about this many times before, Barry, the worst offense that I've ever seen in a movie was Jason Bourne 2. That second Jason Bourne movie and that damn shaky cam. Yeah, and even I on, got sick from that like even on the later edits of that, they try to reduce the shaky cam, and it's still bad. <laughs> it was still bad. I know why they do it. And something my wife said when she was watching it, they make the action more fluid. And it is clear. The first time direct, first time she's directing a big-budget movie or an action film, for that matter. So... Clear, she's taking inspiration from as many sources as she could, get the feel for the film that she was looking for. And it was mess up the action. It got a little better towards the end of the film, but at the same time, they would do some shaky cam quick cut, and I'm like, oh God, this is terrible. This is not how MCU films action sequences work. They need to fix that. But the other side of that was the pacing was off. I got an entertaining vibe of Wonder Woman 84 from this. They were trying to cram too much story. There's about six plot lines in this movie. That. It didn't need to have all that. It did a better job than Wonder Woman 84 did by leaps and bounds mm. in conveying the story. I have to think that Kevin Feige stepped in and kept the reins on it, kept that story moving along. 
at a decent clip. Like I understand they wanted to humanize Natasha Romanoff, but after what twelve movies, we know that character inside and out. Like to my personally, well, I know her inside and out. I just wanted to see her and her solo film hooking up with her family, getting some revenge. We heard them talk about Dracov's daughter from the Avengers film when Loki brought the character up. Kind of lost its impact. The film as a whole felt like it was too late. The film should have probably came out before the Infinity War. I think that would have been a better fit for it. Should have came out kind of right around the time that Ant-Man came out. I think that would have been yeah. more impactful. Announced her film, her solo film. Guess Endgame came out, right? Uh, yeah, it, probably whenever it was still called Infinity Gauntlet, and yeah, they announced that they were going to do her film, one film, and not part one, part two, and then all right. that stuff changed from that point on. Uh, yeah, I know they're going to write a character all they were going to because they had one more film for her. Kudos for Scarlett Johansson getting her solo Marvel project and her executive producing it. This, the execution was flawed. It wasn't as egregious and terrible as Wonder Woman 84, and it wasn't as boring as Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain Marvel was boring. This was not boring. Looking forward to that, mostly because I like the actors and actors. And a lot of things, it was like you mentioned before, that Florence Pugh was the best part of the film. The interaction between her and Scarlett Johansson, was, that was some good shit. I liked it. I thought it was funny. She kind of stole the show. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not a terrible film. It's not as bad as Captain Marvel. Better than Thor The Dark World. Better than Wonder Woman 84. I can never sit through that movie again. I would give this movie another watch. It's a good send-off, but for a first-time director, I've seen other first-time big-budget directors come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and just knock it out the park. And I'm talking about Captain America, The Winter Soldier. The Russo brothers never directed anything that big in their entire lives. They didn't have anything else like that. They just had TV and comedy. But they had been you know, grinding. He, they had been doing some stuff. Obviously sold themselves and sold their work and what they were able to do. So my point is, is that I no longer give a pass to first-time directors when they're doing a Marvel film. You've got all the tools, got all the talent to help you make that film succeed. And you're given as much freedom as Feige is willing to give you, which seems to be a whole heck of a lot because a lot of the directors come in and they just make it work. In this case, there were too many styles. You didn't know which direction the film was going in. It was moving in too many different directions, throwing in way too many different plot lines. It should have kept it very concise to the two sisters coming together, trying to bring their family together or trying to free the rest of the widows. The little subtle subplot that they had in there, dominating a bunch of women. That storyline didn't need to be as heavy handed mm -hmm. as it kind of portrayed in. I'm glad it was as subtle as they tried to make it. It's clear it threw one too many shots and saying this is what we're trying to say all right you, well you, you doing so let's get some other points of view matt felt it was a horrible movie it felt like i was watching uh fast and furious 10 explosions family it was just a very horribly executed movie that should have been if it was to be released should have been on disney plus and released in series yeah i was expecting to be wowed especially after not watching a a Marvel movie in so long and the epicness of every single movie and how it connects to the Marvel universe. And this, this felt very disjointed. There wasn't any cohesiveness in my opinion. If this movie never came out, I still would have been fine with the Marvel universe. Uh, this right here is probably easily one of the worst movies that have come out in the MCU down there, I guess with uh, Captain Marvel. And I just don't see how a lot of it connects at all. Uh, and again, the best thing about the movie was Black Widow's sister. What's her name? Pew, Miss Pew. Yeah, Yelena. Yeah. Her presence on the screen, the highlight of this movie. 
because every time she was going on, I was always wondering what the next thing she was going to say, the next thing she was going to do. And I understand that they're trying to humanize the Black Widow movie, but it's not something that we ever had to do. And like Keith brought up earlier, is that we've seen her in so many different situations over the last, what, almost 10 years. This wasn't really a surprise. I think the thing that surprised me at the end, is this, is this spoilers a little bit? Yeah, you can go ahead and spoil it. Yeah, go ahead and spoil that thing. Yeah, like how he would release Taskmaster out of that little glass prison. Like, really? I'm going to save you because you're my sister. It's like, uh, no, no, that's not Black Widow would have done. Black Widow is ruthless. I guess if they were trying to humanize her, that was one aspect of it. But they failed miserably considering that we've already known everything that she's done. So this right here, again, did not have to be released. was very, very, very boring. And it didn't develop the MCU, didn't push it forward. It was a filler movie. Even the plot, stupid stuff with the pheromones. I'm like, really? This is the best we got? So we've got, mm-hmm. we got oh, child yeah. trafficking in which nobody said anything or did anything for how many years? Come on. You know the government would not have that at all. Whether it is real world, cinematography world, I'm like, this is the best that we got and some old dude who says whatever he wants and male chauvinism why are we going down that route don't we got enough stuff in the world to deal with to push the narrative forward i'm gonna bring it, this, some it's of that not out. entertaining at all some. it's not so let me step in for me i wrote first opening is just misguided so the movie should have opened with natasha escaping ross and then it starts to glow pop too much at the beginning that I want to say they already went like three places in the first 15 minutes. Even if you start off with the Ohio part, there's still four places that they went to. The introduction to Taskmaster was not good. Tries to do maybe a Jason Bourne-esque angle. Yeah, that's what it felt like. The action is not good. And then they tried to inject humor into the movie, and it doesn't work. So there's one running joke about Natasha and how she lands on the ground it comes up maybe like three times in the movie and none of the times it actually works as a joke because it's so written poorly there's no real interest in it actually being a joke it just comes up it's like oh you land like this what does this mean it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter because even at the point where they brought it up it's just transitional scene in a plane by just saying something so then I started thinking about Gemini Man and just like how that movie progresses and how empty that movie felt, which is not good. And then Scarlett Johansson can act. I just felt that she was too wooden in this movie. I've seen Scarlett Johansson act a lot better in several other movies. And I want to say it might be a problem with the director. Because exactly what I say. the problem with the director is that the director does not understand the character because they had not done anything like this before. So mm. then it goes into a story problem where, again, we're talking about different plot lines or different areas with the movie stars to try to go into. Sexism, you were talking about child trafficking stuff. It's just that at the heart of it, this movie is not a superhero movie. It did not start out life as a superhero movie. It did not start out life as a comic book movie. It started out as political themes and try to shoehorn it into Black Widow movie, which does not work. The movie is only okay. And I say okay, not good. It is only okay when Taskmaster is involved. 
And the, like from that first fight with Taskmaster, I knew what they were going to do. Then there's a problem with the urgency of the movie and the flow of the movie not being right. With the flow of the movie, there's too much information brought out in dialogue. And then there's too many flashbacks with all that being spread out in dialogue. There's uneven action sequences. Trailer for the movie is very misleading. So, particularly with Deborah Harbour's character, the Red Guardian, show that, hey, well, the family's coming back together. They're all going to have this wonderful battle. And he doesn't do Jack in the whole movie. And especially when he faces off with Taskmaster, he does nothing but talk. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's typical, though. This doesn't make sense when he was supposed to have his redemption moment, that he's been in jail for however long. He's supposed to have his redemption moment. He should get busy. Makes Taskmaster and Rick Guardian insignificant to the whole entire movie. And then the crux of the movie just being about breathing in red mist. Let's think about that for a second. Infinity Gems to breathing in red mist. Let me repeat that. Breathing in red mist is the crux of the movie. This movie is very repetitive of other movies I've seen recently. And I know everybody hasn't seen all this. Red Sparrow's basically... Black Widow. Somebody ripped off Black Widow at some point and starred Jennifer Lawrence. The movie Anna, which came out a year after that, which had a Russian model who played a character named Anna that also was brainwashed into being a spy. That Charlie's Angels movie that came out recently. Birds of Prey, Gemini Man, and Jason Bourne. So there was some rhetoric that came out a couple of weeks before the movie. Scarlett Johansson's feelings about all the stuff that she's been through with these Marvel movies. I think that was a deflection. It was a redirect. We had people talking about something else other than how this movie is bad. Blame the viewing audience for being misogynistic or something else. It makes the movie get propped up that much more when it fails. Because... Then you can say, oh, well, you don't like it because of this. Like, no, you have made a bad movie. This movie is bad on a lot of different levels. It's bad. And it's unacceptable. The bar has been set too high by these previous movies that we waited a year for this trash to come out when it could have just, one, shelved it, two, put it out on Disney+. Plus. It did not need to be released in a movie theater. I'm very pissed off about this because, again, the bar has been set too high. The bar has been set by other directors that have been much more successful in this movie. Because of all that rhetoric, you reduce the movie to it just being these themes that you wanted to hit. Not being a superhero movie, not being a comic book movie, not being a movie about expanding the character. It's all about, well, a certain gender experiences this. This is what the whole movie has to be. And that is BS. I'm done. Big Mike? I don't even know how to follow that. I don't think the movie was terrible. I don't think it was great. I feel like it was just okay. One, it should not have been delayed this long. I think it would have benefited as a Disney Plus show versus a full-length film. But the whole, oh no, it can't come on Disney Plus. We got to push it. It's got to be in theaters. To me, this is like a letdown. Because like I said, my expectations were high on it being this great Marvel film. Again, Marvel had set the bar. They set the bar that even with the TV stuff, the bar has been set high. Like being WandaVision was a little slow at the beginning. Bar set high. Captain America, Winter Soldier, 
Hi. Go ahead. The, the Taskmaster thing didn't piss me off like the Mandarin thing in Iron Man 3, but Agreed. it was easy to figure out that that's what they were going to do. Like the second, I think it was Florence Fusker, it was Yelena said, because she asked her about Taskmaster, she said, oh, that's Ray Winstone's pet project. I was like, okay, that's the daughter. One movie that's where I think the director just borrowed from repeatedly was Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I don't know if anybody else felt like that. But sitting there yeah. She must have watched Mission Impossible. Yeah. Just the way it started, the chasing Budapest, like everything I'm just sitting there like. And I will also say, to me, also X-Men's Origins Wolverine, what they did with Deadpool in that movie yeah. is also the same. Oh my lord! Are you serious? Oh uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. The whole this is the Deadpool, and then they unleash the Deadpool, and it's hey, I know you. Heck? I remember you from before. But go ahead, Mike. It's not Marvel's strongest suit, honestly. When I was watching, I was more so going. This seems more like a Disney cash grab than anything else. It should have come out before Infinity War. It would have made mm-hmm. more sense in the timeline then. You probably would have got a better reception. I mean, some people are going to like it just because it's Marvel. I get that. But I can't look at this and say, oh, this is one of the better Marvel movies. Like you said, it's better than Thor The Dark World, yes. It's better than some other stuff. But, I have to disagree like, with Thor The Dark World. What, Thor The Dark World? I, I, have, to, <laughs> I have to disagree <laughs> with this movie and Thor The Dark World and also Ant-Man 2. The Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, Captain Marvel? I would say Captain Marvel is better than this movie. Whoa! Mm. Oh yeah, disagree. Wow. Marvel set the bar high. So when when Captain Marvel came out, you still had one half of a movie that's the greatest movie series, and then you come out with this. <laughs> so Captain Marvel sat in between greatness. It's like, all right, you can dismiss that. You cannot dismiss this and say it's better than Captain Marvel. Is it down there with Iron Man Two, Iron Man Three? Oh, yes. Oh, completely yes. Is it down there with Thor the Dark World? Yes. Is it worse than Thor the Dark World? To me, yes. And then I started thinking about, like, maybe they need to chill with some of these movies. I mean, I started getting the Star Wars vibe with this. That Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. That maybe I they- think Shang-Chi will tell you if they need to chill or not. Because, again, this is something from all the original stuff, right? Like, like I said, this should have never come out after Endgame. This should have been before all that happened. Yeah. yeah. It would have made a whole lot more sense. Like I said, now this literally just felt like this big cash grab. They were trying to write in stuff that showed up in other movies that they just kind of alluded to and try to make it work. And it did not work. Yeah. It's like the whole Budapest thing. For the longest time, Budapest has been the whole thing between her and Hawkeye. So you would figure at some point, maybe they'd really show how the whole Budapest thing went down. She talked about it, about they had to hide out for 10 days, but you never really saw how it went down. That would have been a monumental thing to do in this movie because it's been hinted to for so long. But Scarlett Johansson said, and they came out after the movie came out and said that they had major cameos planned from the OG people. So it was either Chris Evans going to show up, Jeremy Renner, or Robert Downey Jr. And they said they specifically left them out to prove that Black Widow could stand on her own, which to me is bullshit. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. You already built her as a character. Mm hmm. It didn't need all that. Her being a strong woman has already been established. So this doesn't take away from her in this movie at all. And again, I just think that some of the political themes that this movie tried to hit is too overt. Continue to say this about 
independent movies, independent movies have themes like that. And they work a lot better when they're not basically trying to pawn off something that you like, i.e. the issues with Star Wars, which is like Ray and like what they tried at home with Ray. They are doing the same thing with this movie. That they're basically using Black Widow's name to hit home political theme. And I don't like it. Just make a movie about that without using Black Widow. How about that? Is that more effective? And that becomes the explanation about Superman. Well, we have to have a race-spading Superman because if we just make a movie about another ethnic superhero, it probably won't work. So let's just use Superman because everybody likes Superman. And it did that with this movie. This felt like a Kathleen Kennedy kind of project. That's <laughs> you know, what I was thinking. But I don't think it's great. I also don't think it's terrible. I do plan to watch it again just to see if I still feel the same way after. Because I kind of have to think, watch things more than once to really figure out how I feel. I will say, I was on board up through the Budapest scene. And then after that, I started drifting. The way I was around, <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> and I was like, they got to get this back on track. Like, even the prison break scene, that just felt like it kind of felt unnecessary. They just like, had to do something to have chaos yeah, happen. Like, we just need a big action piece real quick. The Dark Knight Returns downtown scene. Like, we just have to have a downtown scene because Bane and Batman need to face off each other. Yeah, like you said, the Red Guardian thing kind of blew me because I thought, I mean, hell, he'd have a bigger role than just talking and cracking jokes. It was... Mm. The minute he squared up, I'm like, I know he's not going to. Of course he didn't. He was just they, getting tossed around and he did nothing. They basically used those characters, like Red Guardian, as a prop to prop up the other gender. If you look at the guy that is more or less helping Tasha get from place to place, whether it be mm-hmm, flying mm-hmm. a helicopter, his only role is just to facilitate either a joke or the character getting into someplace. The point of Red Guardian is just to fill screen time and hit jokes. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't bring in any other cameos with other Avengers, I was waiting for the Avengers. I was waiting for like Captain America to pop in and be like, "Well, I guess you got General you know, Ross." And again, he's just there so fill screen time and to get Natasha to another place. Same thing that Natasha I has think to that was run. Honestly, the only tie to Civil War because they brought up the whole fact that she was on the run. I think that's really the only reason why he had to show up. I thought they were going to bridge the gap, show when she connected with Captain America, Sam, and Vision and everybody. And I'm thinking she's standing there waiting. I figured the Avengers is popping. We're here. What would we miss? And be I like, mean, she's like, even I if you of, didn't yeah. want to depend on certain characters being in that movie, Wanda is still available. She could have been in that. Uh-huh. If you're talking about this being between Civil War or whatever, being after Civil War, she is still available. I think you hit it closer to anything is that this is a first-time director and she did not know the character mm-hmm. I, and i'm gonna be honest i don't even think this first-time director even liked the other marvel movies that's another problem i don't want everybody to kevin smith everything i mean at, at a certain point nope. kevin smith he was gonna do a superman movie another comic book movie you don't want just the i understand comic book person doing this but you should have somebody that has some reverence for the character and not just filling a spot for a director of a certain gender to direct a, a movie just because at that point it becomes an issue that you're just tokenizing people. I was saying they were known for all the directors spoke to each other before they started their movies to make sure the continuity flowed and all right. the ideas bounced off each other. Same uh, thing happens with Captain Marvel. Again, it just needs to be, we just have these core themes about gender. 
And no matter what happens, even if it has to bring down the movie, we still have to do that. Rather than making a coherent, concise movie. So James and I were talking about this movie in particular. He brought up Furiosa and how Furiosa is a strong character. Even if Mad Max Fury Road hits the same themes, it did not stop the movie to continuously hit home that, well, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, or this gender does this. It did it and became an action movie. Or Mama from Dread. They basically explain it in a small flashback that, hey, Mama was essentially a prostitute that took over the Peachtree Towers. But it doesn't have to continue being, well, let's cut to a shot of Mama having an emotional crying session about things that had happened to her in the past. A flashback of the person that was pimping Mama. Like, it doesn't have to do that because the movie is strong enough to have that level of character be there and also have another equivalent character, antagonist, protagonist, collide with them. But this movie can't do that because, again, when you start doing these political-themed movies with popular properties, a token way of just saying, we just wanted to make a movie about this, but just happened to use Black Widow's name. Again, it just becomes a problem to me. Like, I don't like it. I don't like this movie. <laughs> this movie's not worth a defense in that regard. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I think the biggest problem, I kept wondering why everyone's on this bandwagon of the Marvel movies are done. Marvel Cinematic Universe is done. Their quality is going to drop. And I'm starting to see a hint on that, a twig on that, is that I mentioned a little bit ago that I don't even think these directors, these new directors coming into these new projects actually like the previous Marvel films or even like the characters. Same thing happened with Captain Marvel. Like, you can't tell me that the director of Captain Marvel held Captain Marvel in general in a high regard. It is, we got you just because you're this gender mm -hmm. and this movie needs to be made. And again, how they hyped up Captain Marvel is being the most important thing to happen to the Marvel Universe since the introduction of Iron Man. It did not come out that way. It did not happen that way. Captain Marvel was ultimately forgettable. The whole realm of these MCU movies. All she mm-hmm. did was hit Thanos at the end. My big worry is that that this is going to be a continuing theme. Like, Eternals, I know that director from the Eternals don't know Jack. Didn't read an Eternals comic book. Doesn't care about Jack Kirby. Doesn't care one iota about what this movie is going to do in terms of the whole MCU. I mean, did she go through and rewatch the entire, all the previous MCU films? Because I guarantee you, John Favreau watched every single movie. I know Ryan Coogan watched every you one know of what? the films. Some reason, I decided to watch that Luke Skywalker end of The Mandalorian. I don't know why I decided to watch it. Like, even every director that directed each one of those episodes of that second season understood that character understood mm-hmm. everything that needed to happen in scene with Luke Skywalker, even though there was some bad CG in it. Maybe Disney does understand maybe that because you have people in positions that respect the source material mm-hmm. that that particular scene worked because again, with the way that Kathleen Kennedy is ruining Star Wars, that wasn't even supposed to happen. Kind of buy into some of the 
back and forth issues between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau or Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, yeah. Yeah, if, if you buy into all that, again, that was not supposed to happen. That should not have happened. When they've written off all the Star Wars books as being apocryphal, we don't believe all that. Relationship to Thrawn, which also shows up in a book that they consider to be apocryphal. Mm-hmm. They had to do it because you don't have anything else. You don't respect the source material enough to create something great enough. All you get is Ray, and mm-hmm. then Finn complaining about I don't get to do anything in the movie. No, it's not your movie. They don't care about you. Mm-hmm. It's that Disney needed to hit home is how powerful a certain gender is. That power is one side trying to transition one medium that was written and built for one gender and trying to make it accessible to another. And that's not how it works. It's like you they either like it or they don't. You can make it as accessible as possible. And you can bring in all the f- directors and filmmakers and writers that you want. There's no problem with that. All right. But my problem is, is that if you don't respect and like what came before, like caveat right now should be any new director who's coming into this Marvel Cinematic Universe. I give a quote on a Marvel movie. They better be able to pick up at least what movie I'm talking about. Like the MCU is its own beast now. You don't even have to read the comic. You are the squeaky wheel. If you're a loose cog in mm-hmm. the machine, and I'm talking about you, director of Captain Marvel, Thor: The Dark World came out before the MCU really started hitting that stride. But the dude who directed that, he liked that storyline about the Dark Elves in the comic book, so he knew the comic books. It was just not a you know poor it execution. Wasn't, it was you know it wasn't executed properly, and I can forgive that. And I honestly can forgive it. And again, talking about some of the issues with how they're kind of redirecting characters, gender aspects, gender flipping the characters, mm-hmm. or then other gender, just totally dismissing their impact to the movie. It just becomes this very empty, hollow movie has nothing else to stand on other than this, that it is a gender movie about gender and we're going to talk about gender issues and that's it. There's nothing else to it. This should not happen to a Marvel movie. This should not happen at this stage. It comes a different level of prejudice, but it's prejudicial from the idiots that decided to make this movie this way. It's no longer subtle. It's not the subtle nod and, and wink and stuff. It's now, it's overt as hell. And it's getting to the point where folks are just looking at it and being like, being announced. the hand clap emoji on Twitter when somebody talks about Captain Marvel or Black Widow. It's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you know, I went through that too. I'm like, I don't care. Like, we go to movies, and particularly comic book movies, to escape reality. I mean, it's kind of like the Purge movie. So, more recent Purge movie. I saw that. Why? Someone bring up that movie and also Luca. So, Luca has his own controversy after the movie came out, injecting their own lifestyle. And not to say it's wrong or right. I'm just saying they want to inject reality. But that's everything now. Remember, that was talking to Winter Soldier afterwards. It was, oh, Sam and Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Being in a relationship. It's saying Anthony Mackie just came out and said, no, they're just two good friends. And then people were like, well, let's cancel Anthony Mackie. After people were standing up for him, they were talking about all these race issues. But I would say even with Captain America... And Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, like whatever you want to call it, it's Captain America and Winter Soldier. They dealt with that and they dropped it. Racial issues, 
that come up. Like there was one part where the police stopped him, but they didn't have to bring it up. Like every scene that, well, Sam, you're black. Everything now has to represent whatever issue or whatever thing somebody has a problem with. And if it doesn't, suddenly it's a problem. And like you said, movies were meant to be an escape before. And now everything is either social or political commentary, it feels like, regardless of whether that's what the movie's supposed to be. Force issue every time something comes out. As, as I was talking about with The Purge, and even The Purge election year. Yeah. That last one, they kind of went the political route with that movie. This one goes the border crossing route. Even in like the transporter, the original transporter had a human trafficking angle. But it wasn't the whole movie. It was still an action movie. It's not a movie about human trafficking. It's an action movie that had small subtext about human trafficking. Not overt subtext about this. And then pawning off a character that people will respect it being a movie about overt it minimalizes the character in general so again it really is not a black widow movie which is why people are talking about florence Pugh and her character her character is much more interesting than anything else going on in this movie it's much more interesting than taskmaster it's much more interesting than ray guardians much more interesting than natasha herself it's much more interesting than ray winstone so why does this movie have to exist? Like, why don't you just give me the Florence Pugh Black Widow TV show? Like, so I guess they're going to Thunderbolts route, but why don't you just give me that? I didn't have to need this movie. I'm worried about Shang-Chi, and I'm worried about the Eternals. I mean, because, again, I think you always bring it up about X-Men, and then the X-Men just kind of being subtle references to racism, classism. Uh-huh. That's where it came from. And it's okay to use it in that aspect because that's part of the source material. I mean, Stan Lee even said it himself. Hope they would hold it because now it just seems like we are being fed through a water hose about every single political commentary, just like what you guys said earlier. So I'm glad they're holding off X-Men because if they did that now and just release X-Men, just like a cash grab, just it'll like the that out, just came out. It'll, it'll turn out being like uh, Dark Phoenix. Because Dark Phoenix also had similar themes about that one comment should be called X Women. No, just no. That was embarrassing. The way that this movie is structured and the way that it's been put out, I think Disney realized that this movie, some people at Disney, let's put it like that. There's probably somebody at Disney saying, hey, look, we made $200 million this weekend, but most of that probably came from Disney Plus. You're utilizing this movie as a vehicle for certain things. But in the process of that, you're very much tokenizing issues, you're tokenizing characters just for your satisfaction of we just need to have political themes in the movie. So again, it just becomes prejudicial on the behalf of the creators of the movie that the only thing you can do, the only thing you can be, you can't be equal. The BS explanation now is equitable. Natasha just can't be a superhero or superheroine or that with some of these other movies has to know martial arts. That is BS. Uh Or every character now, if they're black African-American has to be stopped by the police. So all you're doing is just making this character about one thing and not having them be human. Let's go to scores. I'm pissed off about this movie. 
So Keith, what score would you give? <laughs> what score would I give Black yeah. Widow? I'm going to give it a resounding transcendent uh, 6.5. <laughs> I will watch it again. Florence Pugh was great. If she is going to continue in the Black Widow role, the baton has been well passed. Love to see more of her. Though I wonder how she would translate without Scarlett Johansson, because I honestly thought her and Scarlett Johansson's interactions were the highlight of the film. Um, I enjoyed the two of them kind of playing off each other. And her comedic timing is good. The actress is going to go far if she keeps it up like this and everything. So I'm, I might look for other projects that she's been in. I know she's done a bunch of indie stuff and uh, whatever, but I'll check it out just to see if uh, she's got that same magic in her other movies. I wasn't a fan of the, the pacing. I didn't like that too shaky camp crap. Mm -hmm. um, there was the beginnings of the story and they were trying to tell it, got washed away in a lot of the rhetoric. If you look at Captain America when a soldier, mm -hmm. it attempts to be one of those 70s, 80s spy films. Exactly. But it is still at the core of it, a superhero film. So if this took the route of, let's say we try to be Jason Bourne, the original Bourne Identity movie, mm -hmm. and or the second yeah. movie, and or the third movie, third movie's great, that fourth one is trash. Even if we try to do that, at the core of it, it is still a spy movie. Even though it's an action movie, it's still a spy movie. So it still has those elements. But go ahead. The pacing, the poor execution of the action sequences are its biggest failings. The vibe I got in it was that it felt like the director and the writer just really were not fans of the previous films, Marvel films, that had Black Widow in it. Kind of missed that whole flirtatious devil may care attitude that she had where she was just i'm so hyper confident in my abilities i can say and do whatever the heck i want to do and laugh and smiled off and charm my way out of any awkward situation i'm in the winter soldier we brought that up before phenomenal film scarlett johansson's black widow in that movie badass the character of natasha romanoff did not need to be redefined it did not need to be explained any further. This needed yeah. to be a solo, fun film to tell a backstory about her that we've heard so much about. I didn't get that. I did get introduced to a new Black Widow, and I'm happy for it. But other than that, like I said, it could have been chopped up into a six episodes, put on Disney+. Plus. I would have watched it, and I think it would have been a lot better for it. Did not need to come out in theaters. So 6.5 for me. All right, Matt? 2.0. Again, a movie that did not have to come out should have been on Disney+. Plus and went about the wrong directions and didn't push the universe forward at all. Easter eggs, few far in between. Again, 2.0. Will not see again, not even on a long plane ride. Can't do it. All right, I'm going to give this a one. I contemplated giving this a zero, and it should deserve a zero. <laughs> oh, man. Because I'm pissed off about this movie. So one, I think we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how I would rather see... Black Widow, more than Aquaman 2. More than the Shazam 2. Did you say that? I'm trying to think. I did say that. You say a lot of bullshit at times, but... Before this movie came out, I think Mike and I were just talking about Warner Brothers got sold. The mismanagement of Warner Brothers is their biggest downfall with all the comic book characters. And it seems like right now, Disney does not know, at least on the movie side, what to do with some of this, that... Once the Infinity Saga was done, that was it. You start having these B-tier level characters, C-tier level characters, trying to prop them up to be something. The only time they worked was Guardians of the Galaxy. And if you're talking about they wanted to exclude certain characters, you still had Maria Hill that they could have put that into the movie. 
I mean, obviously, Black Widow has a history with Nick Fury's. I'm trying to think, in, as far as the timeline is concerned, if Nick Fury should have been in this movie. But he could have just had something. Nick Fury could have sent to something. I, mean, I guess that's the problem with Captain Marvel was too much Nick Fury. <laughs> but he was still available for that. Again, Wanda was still available. So you have other characters that, that didn't have to be Thor, Iron Man, or Captain America. And or Hawkeye available for this. And you told this kind of weird, silly story about fake family. Fake family has fake issues. And you cause all these issues for me and all this brainwashing stuff about gender. And really what the movie all is only about spraying red mist in the face. Getting a facial. Oh, my God. It's a little more than that. but, but. So, again, my main issue is how... Disney stereotyped this movie. They attempted to tell a story about these core issues that they wanted to talk about, these political issues, and wound up stereotyping the movie. That the only thing that defines this particular gender is these issues and nothing else. And that is BS. Like, this should have been a much more successful movie if you had gotten much more capable team behind it. And plus, you didn't hype this up as being, well, the only reason why we delayed it because it was supposed to come out 2020, is that it's so important to us to have it out in the movie theater that you have this kind of very hollow, empty story about Red Mist. You wasted Taskmaster for Red Mist. The Taskmaster in that Marvel's Avengers video game is much more interesting than Taskmaster in this movie. The other side of it, if you look at, again, Charlie's Angels and also Birds of Prey, the movie company and the media try to get out in front of that. Those movies sucked. They're terrible. Hold on, the media saved this movie because they don't want to lose those sweet Marvel tickets to go see future movies. They don't want to lose access to it. So let's start writing all these puff pieces about how if you don't like this movie, you're this. And it becomes a problem. Again, like the media who support this movie, I'm going to call them out. They're a bunch of shills. Because again, you don't want to lose the ability to go see these freebie movies because Disney will put you in a blacklist. Mouse says he doesn't want you there. Done. So, Big Mike, what score would you give? I got a 5.5 right now. Um, I can agree with that. Like I said, one terrible, one great. But I will say that a few weeks back, probably a couple months ago, that the rumor was that Shapak has been interfering with Faye. And has been trying to get more involved with Marvel since he's taken over the CEO of Disney. This might be evidence that that is what's occurring because this did not feel like a solely Feige type project at all. And I think we'll know in the next couple of movies. Like Shane Chi, if they really push the whole Asian American representation thing, which wouldn't make sense to me because certain movies are all fucking Asian. They want the China money, but China's like, nah, dog. Like China hates that thing. Like, and it's clear. I mean, they don't fucking like their own shit at the time, but. But yeah, but we'll see real soon. Um, you know, like I said, I'll wait to see how Shane Chi plays out in Eternals. But I don't know. Marvel might not have another real hit until Spider Man. Even then, that's a big question mark because it's diluted with so much Spider Verse from all the previous films that unless it's in game level, I don't know how it works. And I said they're going to get tested because I mean, I would compare this to that 
second Spider-Man movie. The second movie is not as strong as the first one. The second one has issues. And again, I think Marvel now starts having issues with villains. That now we can't make bad villains. Obviously, the villains won't die. Nobody will die in a Marvel movie. I mean, you got the multiverse thing going on now. So nobody's dying. Nobody cares. Nobody's ever really did. Obviously, hey, that's comes comic books, man. Comes from Star Wars. <laughs> that's, that's comic books, though, right? But no one dies. But the problem is that now, because you're trying to humanize all these villains and stuff like that, you're losing out on making a strong movie with strong protagonists. I mean, this movie is about nothing. If you're saving everybody at the end of the movie. Well, Drakeoff didn't get saved. I understand that, but they're trying to save everybody else except for him. <laughs> He's a villain. I understand what you're saying. And he, well, Ray Winstone's character is a weak villain. Right now, Marvel has a problem with villains. After Thanos died, that's it. Well, Thanos is like, he goes down as the best, no, as no, one of the greatest no, villains. At this point, you should have went to Galactus. I, I think it's all we're dealing with all, a bunch of build-up. I think that's where the, a lot of the problems coming from. I mean, they're, they're trying to do the He's going to end up being the big bad ultimately. Or, I mean, again, look look at Doctor Strange. Dormammu is weak. Baron Mordo is also technically a villain who is also weak. And that movie is about nothing other than we have to make a Doctor Strange movie because Doctor Strange needed to be. But does that well, movie work better than this one? Yes. Keith always says, I give Marvel the benefit of the doubt, so even a misstep, I'm not fully off board, but it is concerning. This would have worked way better as a Disney Plus show. But as a film, like I say, it's just something don't feel right with this. It does not feel MCU-like at all. Like I say, it feels like Disney just said, hey, we need a new princess and make some money, so this mm-hmm. is what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's just, for some reason, they decided to marginalize the character to just be about one thing. That's my problem with the movie. So it just becomes about all these issues, pimping out Black Widow to be about those issues. Like, no. Wasted the whole Budapest thing doesn't mean anything. We hit out in a air duct for 10 days. What? There's <laughs> so many references to that, the MCU, like, like I said, to not fully show that or have Jeremy Renner show up and show some instances of how that all went down that was a huge mistake and for this to be a two hour movie two hour plus movie again this is just misguided but nevertheless this is being brought to you by our sponsor General Miguel's it's summertime and General Miguel has what you need Miguel has more bounce to the 40 ounce with malt liquor slushies come on down to General Miguel's get your malt liquor slushie on today General Miguel's brick market cause if it tastes like crap he already got you hooked let me get that malt liquor slushie y'all try that Big Mike got 500 shots for his ops 